0: Welcome to the Mindset Meets Money podcast, where money makes sense. We provide tactical advice to help high-income earners make logical decisions with their money. Back at the table with Dr. Jason Heller. Hello,
1: hello. What biases are we talking about today? Today we're going to talk about hindsight bias, which is also called a knew-it-all-along bias. It's uh, when you look back at an event that was not predictable, but basically said, oh, I knew this was going to happen. I knew this would be the result.
0: Does this have anything to do with the house that you're building here? In
1: hindsight, you went to bought it, and In you shouldn't listen to your no, wife. On that this one? I actually knew I shouldn't have done, <laughs> but we did it anyway. Um, yeah, <laughs> a lot of fun. Uh, so, t- talk to me a little
0: bit about what hindsight bias is and how it affects the investor.
1: So, uh, you let's use COVID as an example, right? So, COVID, a completely non-predictable event, right? Um, nobody knew there would be this. Global pandemic that, that swept the, the, the world, killed millions of people, made tens of millions of people sick.
0: Clearly, you're not following the accounts on Instagram that uh, show all the different conspiracies that are coming through. This was completely predictable.
1: Well, I mean, <laughs> they, they, they may have hindsight bias, the people that put this up. But for, for the investor, it was looking back at this and saying, well, I knew that the market would tank. You know, because of this unpredictable uh, 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 global pandemic, and I sh- and I should have pulled all my money out of the market. You know, uh, w- taking wide swings in their portfolio. Now, again, you look back in hindsight, the the market crumbled in March and April and May of 2020. Right, but by I want to say August it was already back to pretty much where it, where it had started and was kind of off to the races from there.
0: Yeah, no, I, I was kicking myself. So, obviously, I'm in the industry, I've been in the industry 20-plus years. And, you know, I had a number of friends that had manufacturers in China and plants there. So, they we were getting word about it in January of kind of what was happening. And I did a really good job of kind of loading up on food, you know, really mm-hmm. thinking about all the different things to prep my house and my family. Yeah, And like an idiot, I did not once think about... Getting uh, moving my investments to cash and getting out of the market. I didn't even think about the financial side. Right. I just worried about, you know, do we have everything in the house needed if we can't actually go to the stores right. uh, to be able to do it? And in hindsight, I'm like, how did I miss that?
1: But it worked out for you because if you, if you don't look, if you didn't look at your portfolio from January 1st to about August 30th, you wouldn't have noticed anything happening. True. Sure. Right. Yeah. If you would have panicked and made, you know, shifts you know, wide swing shifts in March, April, May, you'd have solidified big losses that would have been very hard to come back from when the market upturned and you weren't invested in.
0: And, and I know a number of people like that. They moved to cash early, you know, and they were actually people they were tied to manufacturing in China mm-hmm. and they moved to cash, but they, I mean, it was two years before they got back in. Sure. Some of them just kept believing that it was still going to come through and they didn't want to Realize they realized they missed the upswing back mm-hmm. and they didn't want to buy in in August. And that, you know, maybe hopefully they're buying in right now, we'll yeah. see. So, um, but so how does this affect your investment? So how do I even you know, realize, how does it make a negative decision for you having a hindsight bias?
1: So typically in hindsight bias, you're looking back at something that was not predictable that you thought was, right? And it poisons you going forward. And what I mean by that is, um, the next at the next sign. So let's let's keep using COVID as the example, right? So the market shutters uh, early COVID. uh, By April, May, it's down, I forget what it was 30 some odd 40% I, I forget, but it was it was pretty bad. And you've got people looking back saying, I should have, I knew this would happen. I should have done this. Okay. So what's the next thing in their mind? The next time the market wobbles and and what do we know about the market? The market does not escalate or ride up. It elevator rides up, right? It has, it has wide swings up and down. You know, you look at the averages since time immemorial, you tend to get a 10% loss roughly once a year. On average, you tend to get a 20% loss, typically every two and a half years. On average, you tend to get a 5% loss three to five times every year, right? So it's not it's not a smooth write-up. And whenever it's a smooth write-up, you have to worry about revision to the mean because it means too long going easy means you're going to have a longer rough patch just to smooth out the average.
0: So the punchline of this is, I saw the market drop significantly when COVID happened. And mm-hmm. in hindsight, I said, I should have realized that. That was my whole conversation, right? I prepped for everything yep. else. Yep. And I did a poor job prepping financially. Then now the next time something comes as a slow indicator that I think of that, I'm going to have that bias that I should, that in hindsight, I knew it.
1: And you're going to overreact. And
0: then I'm going to overreact and be able to do Correct. it at that
1: point there. Correct.
0: And so it's the decision making after the event that you're saying in hindsight Correct. is the issue at that part. Correct. Got it. So let, let's go to the, the way we always look at these biases is to say, okay, uh, there is some event that happened in hindsight that I believe I should have, I should have caught. I, I thought I knew it and, you know, I can't believe I missed it mm-hmm. and that. And now that biases that idea that I I should have known the next event's coming and I'm going to make a decision based on that. Mm -hmm. How do you know that's happening?
1: It's a great question. You 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 never know. So you know the the old saying is uh, uh, you know history doesn't repeat itself, but it looks a lot. It looks pretty similar, right? And so um, one of the things to combat hindsight bias is you have to widen your frame of reference. You have to not think myopically, right? So again, we go back to. had you you said well I should have reacted early when the, I, I saw this coming I had friends in China who were saying hey man it's coming it's going to be bad blah 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 I remember you and I sat down in your office and I remember I told you I think this is going to be like a bad flu and you, just, you said no no this is going to be way worse than that this was like in February yep. right and oh, um, my I remember my nanny thought I was crazy because
0: I was loading up on hand sanitizer yeah. face masks everything like that did you buy all the and toilet she- paper. I did not buy all the toilet paper, you know. Fortunately, I bought a decent amount, but not. But I bought a lot of stuff, and my nanny thought, and my nanny and my uh, my wife at the time were making fun of me because I thought I was crazy at yeah. the time um, with it. I said it was going to be a really big deal. Yeah, but I still left my money all invested, and didn't move to cash. But, to but, again, but again,
1: and again, no, that was probably the best the best move you made, right? But yeah. it, it, so so to combat hindsight bias, right? And and again, with these biases, we're not saying don't feel them right because that's that's come on that's ridiculous right no one we've said this in every episode we'll probably say it in every other episode going forward no one is a supremely rational thinker when it comes to these 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 financial decisions emotion creeps its way in no matter what you you don't have a you don't have a choice with this but so we're not saying ignore this together we're saying how do you we're not saying ignore this all together we're saying how do you combat this so that you can harness it and not fall victim to it right yeah. so you would <clears throat> say you know i should have I should have uh, made uh, made moves in the first couple of months, or, you know, before this drop. That's your hindsight saying, "Well, this totally unpredictable thing." Even though you had better knowledge than you know, probably ninety percent of people, because you have friends over there. Uh, I should have done this, right? Yeah. Now, widen your time frame out, right? We talked about, well, what happened five months later? So said, we "Well, were, we we're perfectly fine, right?" The market itself was pretty much right back to where it was. Yeah. So, in order to combat hindsight bias, you have to widen your frame of reference because. In- so, a good example
0: would be as they were we were getting another second peak, if you remember July or August, we were starting to get another second peak at mm-hmm. that point, and happen happened again around the holidays. You think that you're going to ha- make the same, it's going to have the same impact that it had beforehand, and then you move to cash at that point right. or something like that, or you make some investment right.
1: decisions at that point. And, and, and by the way, if you look back at it, so yes, we had peaks of, of the disease, but we didn't have market troughs that, yeah. that, that 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 were similar to that in March and April and May. So, you
0: know, and, and so if I'm leaning into kind of what you're saying is... is You know, your ability to be able to understand your emotions and the fact that you're about to make a decision based on... Um, some type of biases, and this one, it's hindsight bias, mm-hmm. that might not be in line with the greater macro view mm-hmm. of the economy or what's happening at that point is important to understand. And, and I think that, you know, listen, this this doesn't just apply to investments, it applies to life, but Correct. your ability to be self-aware enough to understand when your emotions are helping drive decisions is a real important piece of just navigating life, whether mm-hmm. it's a relationship in a marriage, whether it's a relationship with the kids, or whether it's being able to make investment decisions. And in this one in particular, you know, if you go back to the advice you gave is If you start to realize that you're saying to yourself going, hey, last time I had a feeling that I should have done something and I didn't. And this time I'm not going to make that same mistake. That's self-talk that you're having right there. You have to be aware enough that you're having it. Yep. And then at that point, take a step back. And then it goes back to the advice we give a lot of times in these examples is, okay, let's take a look at all the facts. And in particular, it's always good to take not a 12-month view, but go look at the idea of studying our history. 10, 20 years, go back to what happened in these these multiple events and realize that you're probably making a decision based on not all the facts, but some emotions and almost some frustration with yourself for inaction beforehand Mm -hmm. that you're choosing not to do something and you're trying to make up for it there. And you're literally trying to make up for it because you beat yourself up for missing something beforehand. So you're going to try to make up for another decision. And as soon as that self-talk's happening, you're realizing going... I'm not making a decision with my investments based on what's happening right now. I'm making a decision based on my investments by this little thing in my head that's arguing back and forth on me making a decision. And as soon as that that little voice in your head is arguing back and forth, and that's how you're going back and making a decision, that's where you got to pause and go, okay, wait. Let me go back to the fundamentals of how yes. I choose the right investments. Correct. Let me go back to how I actually manage my portfolio or I implement my financial plan. And let me go back to all the different tenants that I use to be able to drive that. And let me make the decision on that, then opposed to the biases I'm feeling on. That exactly.
1: Side. The second you feel that you're being led by your emotions as opposed to mm-hmm. rational thought and 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 facts. And by the way, again, it's it's impossible to not have emotions in decision-making. But the second you feel that that's the driving factor, you need to slow down your thought process. You need to – remember, we talked system one and system two thinking. System one is that quick, emotional, reactionary-type thinking. System two is the plotting, methodical – heavy cognitive load where where we're evaluating things and making tough decisions, as soon as you feel system one emotionally dragging you away from an important decision, and I'm not talking about you're walking down the grocery aisle and you're figuring, hey, do I buy do extra, I toilet extra toilet
0: paper or not? Extra toilet paper,
1: not. Exactly. I'm talking about. Hey, do I make drastic changes in my investment philosophy? Well, if your investment philosophy was was grounded in sound before you put it together, it'll be grounded in sound through whatever event happens, whether it be political, whether it be environmental, whether it be, you know, a, a pandemic, whatever it is. You know, and, and by the way, if it's not, what I've always told clients is, if this ends the world and it's Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome time.
0: It, it, doesn't matter, matter. it doesn't matter anyway, it doesn't right? Matter it doesn't matter at that anyway. Point but yeah, we are, got a lot the, bigger issues correct. than worry about what happened with that portfolio. Correct, correct. Yep. Now, yep. and and so you know, I I think the the hard part and the and I guess the skill set that people have to learn is that ability to slow down their thinking, be cognitive of system one, system two. And really be able to not make decisions based on that part, which is really hard to do. You know, It's really hard to do. But the first part of being able to do it effectively is to realize that there actually is a bias that people make decisions on. And this one is hindsight bias. Mm -hmm. And that you might be making a decision or might have a feeling to be able to do something because you feel like you missed something in hindsight. For sure. And so that's the part you just have to be aware of is what's the motive? behind making my next investment decision? Is the motive based on the sound financial plan investment philosophy, or is it based on some emotion to be able yep. to?
1: So, so by the way, I teach graduate-level behavioral finance, retirement income planning, and leadership at the American College. And unequivocally, we tell we tell practitioners, if you can be better at controlling the behavioral mistakes that clients make, as opposed to being technically sound, you'll have a much stronger impact controlling the behavior than you will technical being technical.
0: Oh, you know, as looking, we have 400 financial advisors that work for the company that you and I work with. And um, when it comes to working with clients, most of the decisions that have a client succeed on their financial plan or fail on their financial plan is behavioral decisions. Yeah. Because, you know, even if you look back in the day, 30, 40, 50 years ago, individual advisors made different stock decisions. Most advisors now realize that the alpha, the actual growth of someone's portfolio and to make a person successful in being able to reach their retirement is helping them manage their behavior and their decision-making. It's not picking the right stock. We realize indexes do pretty well. Yeah. Versus that in a good diversified portfolio, we can get a sense of where it's going to go a lot quicker than we can of us individual advisors choosing individual securities on it. Yep. Um, so, you know, what we're going through right now, if you can be able to understand the biases that we're reviewing and be able to slow down your decision making do it you are going to put yourself light years ahead of most investors and then opposed to just trying to figure out the best investment absolutely right always insightful dr heller thanks sir appreciate it all right my friend subscribe on your favorite streaming platform if you haven't already and don't forget to share this podcast with your friends and family